0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: It's Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos from We've Talked About Black Panther on the show before, but never this one specific scene.
2: Good morning.
3: How can I help you?
0: I am just checking out these artifacts. They tell me you're the expert. Ah, oh, You could say that.
1: It's the first time we meet a guy named Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Killmonger. He's played by Michael B. Jordan. Where's this one from?
3: The Bobo
2: Ashanti tribe, present-day Ghana.
0: And what about this one? That
2: one's from the Edo people of Benin, 16th century.
3: Now, Tell me about this one. Also from Benin, 7th century, Fula tribe, I believe.
1: He's at an art museum that certainly seems like it's supposed to be the British Museum in London, and he can't help but notice everything on display has something in common. How do you think your ancestors got these? You think
3: they paid a fair price? Or did they take it like they took everything else?
1: Eric and some other bad dudes do some crimes and help themselves to the stolen goods. Hey, please, somebody, come help. Emergency right away in the West African exhibit, please, right away. back, please. Step back in back. real life, some of the biggest museums in the world are having a long overdue reckoning about their collections. Back in 2019, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York had to give back a gilded coffin that was looted from Egypt. This year, they're returning an ancient Nepali sculpture. The Denver Art Museum is returning sculptures to Cambodia. The National Gallery of Art here in D.C. is getting in on it, too.
2: Since the death of George Floyd, there's been a real push to look at some of the issues around colonialism and more of an effort to repatriate and restitute artefacts that were looted during the colonial era, both kind of uh, globally, but also um, a real kind of activism is happening in Africa to try and get these artworks back.
1: This is Nazmat Badomasi. She's a foreign policy writer who splits her time between London and Lagos, Nigeria. And she's been reporting on one very specific set of stolen art, the Benin bronzes.
2: Not all of the um, artifacts are actually uh, bronze, but they're a collection of artworks from the kingdom of Benin, which is in southern Nigeria. It's often confused with um, the Republic of of Benin, which is a, a, a country that is near Nigeria, but the two are not linked at all. A once mighty kingdom, now part of Nigeria, whose bustling modern day streets are still defined by the brutal invasion of the British back in 1897. When that part of the kingdom was annexed to Britain, A month prior to them being stolen, British soldiers came to the Kingdom of Benin demanding uh, trade rights. The Oba of Benin, Oba means king in Ido and in the Yoruba languages. So the Oba of Benin had asked them not to come, but they came anyway. Some of the king's men killed seven of those British soldiers. And as a result of that, there was a punitive expedition. British forces, around 1,200 soldiers, came into the Kingdom of Benin.
3: They burned down the city, they massacred a whole lot of people, and then they looted these artifacts.
2: Historians have managed to sort of uh, prove through correspondence that this act wasn't really about punishing the killing of the, the seven soldiers, because one of the British consuls had actually written to the British government and said, you know, if, if we were to remove the king from his stall, there's a lot of artefacts and treasures in this kingdom that could actually pay for it. Benin bronzes were traditionally commissioned by the oba, or king. Prince Eden Akenzu has been demanding their return for decades. In his personal library, photos the British took when they burnt his great-great-grandfather's palace to the ground, hunting for loot.
3: The British knew what they were doing.
0: They, they knew they were precious objects here.
3: They knew they were looting. Yeah.
2: I can read you out the quote of what he actually said, which is, I would add that I have reason to hope that sufficient ivory may be found in the king's house to pay the expenses in removing the king from his stall.
3: Those things are like our own diaries. Whatever was significant. The oba would tell the guild of bronze casters to cast it in bronze, to keep a record. So taking them away was like yanking off pages of our history.
2: There isn't actually a a sort of figure for how many artefacts were looted, but there is an estimation that it was around 3,000 artefacts, it may be more that were taken, shipped to Britain, and almost a month after the the looting, they were exhibited at the British Museum and the rest were sold off to countries across Europe. They ended up almost, you know, across the world, apart from much of the African continent, unfortunately. So you have Benin bronzes at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. There are Benin bronzes in Germany, in France, um, Russia, everywhere, really.
1: What makes them such an attractive item to display at museums around the world?
2: I think it's because of their intricacy.
0: With the lost wax process,
3: molten metal is poured into a mould that has been created with a wax model. Once the mould is made, the wax model is melted and drained away. The process means that each work is unique.
2: Some of these um, artworks date back centuries. The first female to be depicted was Queen Idea. The most recognisable artefact from that collection is actually... Uh, what's called the Queen Idia Pedant mask, and the Pedant is a sort of replica of the Oba's mother, the king's mother.
3: She was known to be a very powerful woman uh, with great spiritual powers and authority that she deployed.
2: The and there's one in the Metropolitan Museum of art in New York, and there's also one in the British Museum. The
3: original shows real attention to detail and, you know, very fine work in artistry. Look at the hairstyle, for example.
2: The hair is in a kind of cone shape, and then it's covered in a netting of um, coral beads. Coral beads, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: What are these bronzes worth? What is their present-day value?
2: Some are worth up to four million each. They are very, very valuable. Um, they've they've sold at auctions for for thousands and and millions of pounds, despite the fact that you know people nowadays know that they were stolen, they were looted.
1: And I imagine Nigerians haven't been happy about that for some time. What has the latest push to get them back looked like?
2: The most recent is when the Nigerian government did send a letter to the British Museum officially again asking for these, these artifacts back. Not just the Benin bronzes, but all of the artifacts that were looted from Nigeria and taken to Britain during um, the colonial era.
3: The Nigerian government have served a legal letter to the British Museum, shared exclusively with Channel 4 News, demanding the return of their Benin bronzes, stating, By carting away these antiquities, the nation of Nigeria is denuded and deprived of her cultural essence. Our palaces and museums are empty.
2: So far, only a few artefacts have come back. The, the British Museum has agreed to loan back some of these um, artifacts. So is the Met. Loan back
1: to the country they stole them from?
2: Yeah, so this is the controversial debate at the moment. How can you loan back something to a nation that y- you stole from them in the in the first place? That's the agreement that the Nigerian government has agreed to. I think from their point of view, they just want it to come back and they want... Um, the the younger generation to be able to see some of these artworks. Because let's not forget, we're talking about 124 years. Um, a lot of Nigerians actually have never seen a Benin bronze. They don't even know what it's like to sort of touch one. So for the Nigerian government, it's just important that they come back rather than, you know, the issues around ownership. But for other um, countries, you know, like Ghana, ownership is, is really important when we're talking about restituting the um, artworks that were, were stolen during the colonial era.
1: Tell me how you first got to see the Benin Bronzes and how you felt.
2: So I grew up partly in Nigeria, and then my family moved to the UK. I didn't know the the background to them when I first saw them at the British Museum. I didn't know how they were taken. And um, two years ago, I was able to see them for the first time in Nigeria at the Yemisi Shilon Museum um, of Art in Lagos. And that's the first time I've ever seen a Benin bronze, actually, in the country that created it, in the country that that I was born in, and it was just
3: indescribable. <laughs> More
1: with Nazmat in a minute on Today
3: Explained.
1: You can upgrade your wardrobe this spring by going to quince.com slash explain for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash explained to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash explained. It rhymes with sense.
0: You can go to Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Let them know you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Terms and conditions do apply. Need to hire? Asks Indeed? You need Indeed.
1: Nazma, we've been focused on the Benin bronzes, but I wonder how common is this across the continent? How much African art is situated displayed outside of africa
2: there was a report that was commissioned by the french president emmanuel macron and that showed that 90 to 95 percent of africa's heritage is held outside uh the continent obviously by heritage you know these are the historical artifacts That report was published in 2018.
1: And do we know how how much of that art was, you know, ill-gotten, stolen, looted?
2: We think that the majority of it was looted during the colonial era, not forgetting that pretty much all... But a few countries in Africa was annexed um, during the 19th century into various European empires.
1: So are you saying that basically all of it was stolen or looted? Yes. How much of that, you know, 90% of Africa's art that's in Europe and elsewhere is being returned right now?
2: There is, um, there's a lot of discussions um, about returning these artefacts. Not a lot is actually coming back. It's all coming back quite piecemeal. So we know that France has agreed to repatriate around 26 artefacts to the country of Benin. So we're, we're talking really single figures it, you know they're not coming back in their thousands or or anything like that
1: so how many museums out there have these bronzes and are just absolutely refusing to give them back it sounds like the majority
2: the british government have basically they have a stance that they will retain and explain objects there are two acts within um their legislature that stops the return of um, artefacts, and that is the British Museum Act of 1963 and the National Heritage Act of 1983. Um, So technically, the British Museum cannot give these artefacts back unless the British government enacts new laws that will allow for the return of them. They have point-blank refused to do that.
1: You you know, you, you talk about these works of art being, you know, on display at the British Museum and the Metropolitan Museum of Art, some of the most famous, illustrious art institutions in the world. Where do they end up when they go back to Africa, if they go back to Africa?
2: Well, there's been a kind of great push to open up new museums across the continent because one of the biggest pushback against repatriation was that African countries could not house these treasures, that they didn't have the facilities to be able to keep them. So there's been a lot of effort to opening up new kind of state-of-the-art museums. Within Nigeria itself, there is the Edo Museum of West African Art, which is opening up in Benin on the former ruins of the old palace. There's also the John K. Randall Centre for Yoruba History and Culture in Lagos State that is looking to repatriate and restitute uh, Yoruba cultural art. In Ghana, there's a a sort of relaunching of its national museum. And there's another $30 million Pan-African Heritage World Museum that is currently being built. Senegal, of course, in 2018, opened up the Museum of Black Civilizations. And, you know, they talked about reclaiming the, the cultural language and reclaiming the narrative of of African life, history. Friend,
3: uh, I give you my last guy you spend, uh, everything I do,
2: a lot of people were kind of spurred on to uh, revisit history and revisit um, some of the, the, the crimes that were, were done to people of African descent. Let's not forget that, you know, these artefacts weren't simply stolen. They, they killed thousands of people for them. All of these African countries fought strongly against colonisation, they weren't annexed quietly. It was very, very violently done. There's a great quote from the Nigerian author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She said,
3: we cannot change the past, but we can change our blindness to the past.
2: And I think a lot of um, African activists are, are making sure that European museums and and just the world globally doesn't uphold this blindness towards what happened.
3: When we talk about this art that was stolen, we're told that they cannot be returned to Africa, for example, because Africans will not take good care of them. It is not merely condescending to say, I cannot return what I stole from you because you will not take good care of it. It is also lacking in basic logic. Since when has the basis of ownership been taking good care of what is owned? This position is paternalistic arrogance of the most stunning sort. It does not matter whether Africans or Asians or Latin Americans can take care of the art stolen from them. What matters is that it is theirs.
1: Nazmat. Bado Masi writes about Africa for foreign policy. She spoke to us from Lagos. Halima Shah produced this episode from Washington, D.C. It's Today Explained.